come to the time of the preaching of God's Word, and we say what a privilege that that is each and every time, especially to some of you that I've not spoken to in many years. I've entitled the message for this morning, A Place for You. It's found in the various scriptures, the passage that we earlier read, John 14, verse 2, where our Lord says at the end of that verse, I go to prepare a place for you. He tells his disciples first, let not your heart be troubled. It's so comforting to hear from the mouth of the Savior himself. And we do that every time the scriptures are read. The Lord Jesus told his disciples who had become his friends with the exception of one Judas Iscariot that he was soon to die. How about one of them will betray him? In the previous chapter in verse 21, it reads, When Jesus had thus said he was troubled in spirit, the same kind of trouble that they were encountering in their souls, and testified and said, Verily, verily, I say unto you, that one of you shall betray me. Another close disciple, Peter, would deny him, according to verse 38, which our Lord responds to him after he talked about how they had walked with him and all these years, and now it's coming to an end. I'm willing to continue with you whatever that requires, even if it means laying down my life. To which our Lord answers, Wilt thou lay down thy life for my sake? Verily, verily, I say unto thee, the cock shall not crow till thou hast denied me thrice. He told them he would leave them, and they could not follow him. Verse 33, little children, whither I go you cannot come, so now I say unto you. As I said, in the minds and perhaps even in the speech of the disciples, they were saying to the effect, Lord, after all these three long years since you called us into your kingdom, since you enabled us to leave everything in order to follow you, to become your very own disciples, and now out of nowhere, as it were, you're leaving us? No doubt there are those of you whose minds and hearts are troubled by the loss of someone who is very dear to you, someone who is a dear friend of many years, as we have already heard testified by one, or a family, family member and loved one of a lifetime. In the case of our brother Joe, parents who, whom he proceeds in death. But telling someone this will not soothe the troubled heart by itself. Jesus goes on, I believe, ye believe in God, believe also in me. Do you believe in God? That's a question that should be asked. I speak to many people each week and not all of them believe in God or believe in the God of the Bible. But more particularly, do you believe in Jesus Christ 
as your Lord and Savior from sin. Turn to the trifold obituary of our brother with a scripture that was a favorite passage of his. Uh, in John 1, 8-13. I'd like to read that. It speaks here of our Lord, Jesus Christ, in the prologue of the Gospel of John, the intro. He was not that light, but was sent to bear witness of that light, speaking of John the Baptist. That was the true light, which lighteth every man that cometh into the world. He was in the world, and the world was made by him, and the world knew him not. He came unto his own, and his own received him not. But as many as received him, to them gave he power, authority, to become the sons of God, the children of God, even to them that believe on his name, which were born, not of blood, nor of the will of the flesh, nor of the will of man, but of God. The scriptures tell us that Jesus is the light of the world, who came into, the, into a world darkened by sin and Satan and unbelief. But God has been pleased from all eternity to save sinners like many of us that are here. And that includes Joe, who for nearly four decades, not five, that's uh, an error, by the way, in the obituary, but for four decades, was a child of God since he received Jesus Christ as his Lord and Savior. In our passage, our Lord said to them all, not just to the one asking the question, what is the way? Meaning, the way to heaven. Our Lord said to him, I am the way, the truth, and the life. And no man cometh unto the Father but by me. You know the way to heaven because you know the one who is the way and the truth and the life. God's Son, Jesus Christ, our Lord. So there is no greater comfort than to have Him as your Lord and Savior. In our precious Hasbrook Catechism, part of our confessions and creeds, very first question at the very get-go of this wonderful, wonderful catechism is, what is your only comfort in life and in death? The answer that I, with body and soul, both in life and in death, am not my own, but belong to my faithful Savior, Jesus Christ, who with this precious blood had fully satisfied for all my sins, and redeem me from all the power of the devil, and so preserves me that not a hair can fall from my hand. Indeed, that all things must work together for my salvation. Wherefore, by his Holy Spirit, he assures me of eternal life and makes me heartily willing and ready from now on to live unto him. Jesus continues, In my Father's house are many mansions, if it were not so, I would have told you, I go to prepare a place for you. Some may believe that the earth is becoming overpopulated. Whether or not that is true is open 
to speculation. But one thing is a fact, that there is plenty of room in heaven. Our Lord speaks of many mansions. Our King James translators picked an appropriate word for what awaits God's people who are there or going to be there. Maybe more accurately, and up to date, we can liken them to royal suites, like the Ritz-Carlton and the Waldorf Astoria, or even our own Marriott down there at the San Diego Marina. Only Christians will not be guests there overnight, or even for a week, or even for a month, or even for a year, but they, they will live there. They will be their home for all eternity. Jesus doesn't actually prepare a place like one would prepare for guests coming to stay, fixing and cleaning and tidying up. You ladies know all about that. Yard work for us men, especially in the spring with everything the weeds growing over. What Jesus actually did was to cleanse his sinful children with his own blood. That's how he would prepare the way for them. I'm going to read to you from Hebrews 10, 19 and 20. Having therefore, brethren, boldness to enter into the holiest, holiest is a depiction of heaven, by the blood of Jesus, by a new and living way, which he had consecrated for us through the veil that is to say his flesh, the veil, which is like a curtain, like a veil, it is what separates the holy place from the holy of holies in the tabernacle, and the holy from the holy of holies in what was later a more permanent edifice, and that is the temple, where the ark of the covenant that represents the presence of the Most High God who has condescended to men of low estate, exists on earth among God's covenant people. When Jesus was about to die on the cross, according to Mark 15, we see a record in 37 through 49. And Jesus cried with a loud voice and gave up the ghost. And the veil of the temple, this very veil I just spoke to you about, was rent or torn in two from the top to the bottom. And when the centurion which stood over against him saw that he so cried out, meaning our Lord, in his agony, then he cried out at the end, it is finished, and then gave up the ghost. He said to that, truly, this is the Son of God. How did that veil tear? And what was really fascinating is that it tore from the top to the bottom, which we understand symbolically to speak of how God literally ripped that veil apart from heaven down to earth so that all of God's children have entrance into the presence of God. And what's ironic, and this is based upon my limited research, and that is our very Lord Himself, who is the very presence of God amongst us, the very word made flesh that dwelt amongst us. Never in his entire short life 
especially if the public ministry ever ventured into the Holy of Holies. Of course, they would not allow that. Isn't that amazing? And yet, we, after the fact of his death and resurrection and ascension into glory, have access into the very presence of God. This is to assure us that we will be in heaven. This sign given by God. You have the blessed assurance that Jesus Christ has prepared a place for you, a mansion in the sky. I just died for your sins. Have you trusted in Christ for your salvation? As the Apostle Paul declares that if thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus, that is, Jesus is my Lord, and believe in thine heart that God raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. For with the heart man believeth unto righteousness, even the righteousness of God, even the righteousness of Christ, and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. You must tell the Lord, Lord, forgive me of my sins, and do so in receiving for Jesus' sake. And he will answer me. That's a promise. What I read to you are promises. And here's the last promise. For the scripture saith, Whosoever believeth in him shall not be ashamed. It's, it's a no-risk proposition. This is a covenant with God that you would be making when you ask Christ to be your Lord and Savior. If you have not yet already. I may be talking to the choir here for the most part, but just in case. Just in case, because we do not know. And we need to make sure. Our Lord says, And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you unto myself, that where I am, there you may be also. The reservation has been guaranteed. It's reserved in heaven for you, says the Apostle Peter elsewhere. And he was recovered from his having denied the Lord and forgiven and strengthened and sent on his way rejoicing the power of the Holy Spirit. But he uh, later wrote those epistles of his. It was wonderful, assuring God, glorifying Christ, exalting letters. But we have to actually get there. Jesus said he will come again to bring us home so that we can be where he is. That's what he said. Did I just read that? He has the equivalent of Uber, only better. In Luke 16, 22, and again I'm reading this from the Word of God. And it came to pass that the beggar died and was carried up by the angels into Abraham's bosom. Abraham is a, a picture of Christ. He is a saint of God, a, 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 an emblem of all true believers. And, and this is God's way of saying that, that he is comforted. He is not comforted. Carried by the very angels of the Lord. And that's what angels do best for God's precious children, by the way. Are they not all ministering spirits sent forth to minister for them who shall be heirs of salvation, it says in the Word of God. Though our brother Joe suffered on this side of heaven, he must have had the right of his life to glory. 
As it is written, I have not seen nor ear heard, neither entered into the heart of man the things which God had before prepared for them that love them. Christ alone must give you and me that peace that passes all understanding. We can't explain it. All of a sudden, we have this peace. Like what we're going to sing in the last hymn. Peace like a river, talked about by one of the prophets. That is making its way in heaven. In John 14, 27, our Lord says, Peace I leave with you, my peace I give unto you. Notice, he says, my peace, the peace that I alone am able to give you. Not as the world giveth, divide unto you. Let not your heart be troubled, neither let it be afraid. These are the words of our Lord. He may as well be here speaking himself. That's how true the word of God rings. You have his peace in your life. Or are you still struggling with your sin and your guilt and the uncertainty of your future? Because you don't have the Lord. And especially the uncertainty of eternity. Where you will be when this short life is over. Our Lord said later in the book of John in 1633, These things I have spoken unto you, that in me you might have peace. Notice, in me, if you're in Christ, old things are passed away, behold, all things are become new. In the world you shall have tribulation. There's no ifs, ands, ors, or buts about that. Is there? But be of good cheer. I have overcome the world. He is the king. In fact, he is the king of kings. He is the one who makes kings. He is the king maker. And also he is the king dethroner too. And president dethroner as well. You have this peace that our Lord is talking about. This peace because you are right with God. As Paul put it, therefore being justified by faith, being declared righteous, declared innocent, declared guiltless, being a sinner, not guilty, not a criminal to God's law, how can that be? Through our Lord Jesus Christ, by faith in Jesus Christ, this is how you may have that. We have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ, Paul said in Romans 5, 1. And in verse 2, by whom also we have access by faith into this grace wherein we stand and rejoice in the hope of the glory of God. We have heaven assured to us, glory awaiting us. Do you? And also peace because Jesus is yours and you are his. As Paul says later in another book in Philippians 4, 6, he says, be full of care or worries or doubts anxieties, fears, you name it. These sinful emotions that run through us and sometimes that hit us out of nowhere, especially in these times. He says, be full of, of those things for nothing. It's for nothing if you're a child of God because Jesus is there. But Jesus is here. But in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, 
that your request be made known unto God. And the peace of God that passes all understanding shall keep your hearts and mind through Christ Jesus as his sworn promise, his covenant blessing to his people. Last thoughts. You have heard that saying, how parting is such sweet sorrow. It is sorrow because that loved one, that friend, is no longer here. And that's an understatement for me to say that to you. Yet, it is sweet because of the wonderful memories and times spent together and he leaves behind, especially with you. It is especially sweet, and I would dare say that Joe would stand 100% in having a statement that he is no longer suffering, but is in a perfect place of love and joy and peace. And would not trade it for the world. Revelation 7, 17, for the Lamb, that is Jesus, which is in the midst of the throne, shall feed them, and shall lead them unto living fountains of waters. And God shall wipe away the tears from their eyes. There is no coming back for our brother. But again, if you were to ask Joe, you can hear him shout out, no way Jose. <laughs> Jose is Joe, by the way, in Spanish. <laughs> but if you're a believer in the Lord Jesus Christ and a child of our Heavenly Father, you will go to him, though he will not come to you, to me. And like Job, your greatest reason will be because of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. But he sees him as he is. And it's like him. It's like him. For to me, to live is Christ. God is. Father in heaven, we ask that you would link your precious word into our hearts. That your word that you send forth from heaven, even as you did your son, the Lord Jesus, and even as you did, Father and Son, the Holy Spirit, in your time. Lord, sends the word. Sends the word down to us. We have it in written form, but you send the word down, powered by your spirit, into our hearts, not to return unto you, Lord. We pray that it would be unto salvation and not to condemnation. We pray that it would apply to every heart.